Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house, to worship and praise you. Lord, we ask for your presence to be in our presence this evening. Speak to our hearts as only you can. Lord, we ask if there's one here that doesn't know you, that today would be the day of salvation. Lord, we do thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good evening. Let's uh, get our handles and we'll turn to page number 311, more about Jesus.
fellowship, all right? out tonight. I was teasing with Brother Greg. He got stung by a bee and I said, that'll teach you, Miss Suzanne. He's told you more than once. And, but, uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. He got stung by a bee and so I know that's painful. Right there in the eye too. So, Alright, I do appreciate you being here tonight. I appreciate you choosing to worship here tonight. Hope that you've already had a good week so far and uh, looking forward to uh, 
a good ending of the week. We're going to be uh, we're going to continue our series on Thanksgiving in July. Uh, tonight to be the last one, and I think uh, Sunday I may for Sunday morning service I may have uh, that as well. Something about Thanksgiving, but uh, we're going to be in Luke chapter number seventeen tonight. Luke seventeen, very familiar portion of scripture with the ten lepers, and Luke chapter number seventeen, verse eleven is where we're going to start off. The Bible says, and it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourself unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down at his face, at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God. Save this, this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, again, thank you for this opportunity to be in your house, to give you thanks tonight, to praise your holy name for all that you do for us. Lord, help us not to take it for granted, Lord, just the simple things in life, but the major things such as salvation and, uh, Lord, all that you do for us. Lord, I pray that you would just be with us tonight. Help us to have hearts of gratitude towards you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. I've been saying throughout this series that being thankful should be a way of life for the Christian. It should be an everyday event that we are thankful for what God has done for us, what he's doing for us, and what he's going to do for us in the future. We have much to be thankful for. I mean, God has been good to us. And... Uh, uh, I think it should be more than just a once-a-year uh, matter than just uh, Thanksgiving time where we thank God for all the things, which that's wonderful that we do that, but it should be on our hearts daily, uh, giving praise and thanks to God. We should have hearts of, of gratitude for all that God has done for us. In our scriptures today, we find Jesus coming. Uh, to, he's at a borderline between Samaria and Galilee. And uh, there was a band of ten lepers there. Now, lepers, we understand what that is. They had leprosy, and they, uh, the, they were unclean, and they weren't to be, uh, they were in a, a league of their own, if you will. They, they weren't to be uh, seen with other people. And uh, they met with the Lord there, and, and normally the Jews had no dealing with the Samaritans. But we know from the story there had to be at least one Samaritan here. And um, the Samaritans were a mixed race. And they were contaminated by foreign blood and false worship. And the Jewish historian Josephus, he said that um, he he says that the Samaritans were uh, very opportunist. And uh, when the the Jews enjoyed prosperity, then they hey they wanted to rejoice with them and be included in the bloodline, and they wanted to. But when they were in captivity and they were suffered hard times, the Samaritans disowned their blood relationship and and their kinship there, declaring that they were descendants of uh, the Assyrian immigrants. Now, when a group of Jews led by Zerubbabel 
uh, returned from Babylonian captivity, the Samaritans offered up to help Zerubbabel uh, rebuild the temple. And um, when their offer was rejected, they tried to prevent the Jews from finishing their project. You'll find that in Ezra chapter number 4. When, then when Nehemiah attempted to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, uh, they, they, were, uh, they were opposed by them as well. And uh, Nehemiah chapter number 2 through Nehemiah chapter number 6. Uh, the breach of the Samaritans are, and the Jews widened even further when the Samaritans and the Jews, uh, when Ezra wanted to have uh, racial uh, purity. He didn't, want, he didn't want any intermingling and he decided he was going to, he told all the men if they were married to uh, any of the, anyone that wasn't an Israelite that they were to uh, get a divorce from their pagan wives. That's in Ezra chapter number 10. The final break though came between the Samaritans and the Jews when uh, they decided where they were to worship uh, because the Samaritans, they built a revival temple in Mount Gershom uh, and claiming that Shechem rather than Zion or Jerusalem was uh, Bethel, the house of God, where God was to meet with them. And the site, we, you know from reading the stories uh, when Jesus met the woman at the well and, and they've talked about, uh, you know, some say we worship here and others here. And, and uh, so that's what we're talking about that. Um, but we see that there was a great break in between the Samaritans and the Jews. The Samaritans, again, were a half-breed, and they, they were kind of like a, 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 what we would... Uh, they, if you were caught with a Samaritan, they, they were like... Uh, they would call them like dogs. I mean, they, were, they, were, uh, they weren't even... They would even call them half-breeds and things such as that. And, uh, but the thing I wanted to get out of this, there's a beautiful picture here. There was some hatred that existed between the Jews and the Samaritans. And Jesus, he saw that there were men in a great need. And he, touched, he was touched by their needs. Now you'll notice that the Bible says that the lepers, they stood afar off. Now why was this? Well, the reason they stood afar off was because they, uh, and we don't know exactly the distance, how far they were to say, but uh, some scholars say they had to be at least 50 yards away from, uh, and I don't know if they measured that out or what, but they were to stay 50 yards away from anyone. And um, because they believed it was a highly uh, communicable disease that they could get uh, from others. And the leper had to wear, they had to wear mourning clothing and uh, they had to cover their, their beards and they had to uh, cover their hair and uh, left it unkept and they had to cry out unclean unclean. If you were to see a leper far off, you would, you would hear them. If they were to see you, they would, they would cry out, unclean, unclean. And that was because you weren't to have any kind of, they weren't to have any kind of contact with you. Now, there's no account in the gospel so clearly shows the ungratefulness of people as this right here. The lepers came to Jesus for a cure and he healed them and only one came back and thanked him. And I got to thinking about that. Where are we in this matter? I mean, God has healed us salvation, but God has been so good to us. And how often do we forget to say thank you? Um, I, I always tease my wife's sister. Um, most of you know who Shelly, but she's one of the sweetest girls you'll ever meet. 
And Shelly, she, every time that she sees me, she says, thank you. I mean, we're going on a vacation in December, and she's like, thank you. I mean, she's told me a hundred times. She's thankful. And, you know, I, got, I put me under conviction thinking she's thankful for this little thing. But what about what God has done for me? How often should I say thank you for what God has done? And you know what? It's good. I know. I think God wants to hear us praise him and thank him for what he's done for us. That's how we are most of the time, though, that we fail to give thanks to God for what he's done for us. We tend not to come back after we've we've got that victory or we've got... uh, uh, that blessing, we, we tend not to go back and thank him for what he's done. We take it for granted so often. And we're living in a very ungrateful generation. I mean, very ungrateful. I mean, the Bible's ungrateful to parents. Ungrateful to parents. I, I, I mean, you just go to the grocery store. Just go to the grocery store and see all the little kids. And every time they go to the grocery store, they have to have a prize for going to the grocery store. And if they don't get a prize, they throw a fit. I tell you what, I got, I got a prize if I was good. It was a spanking, even though I was good. I mean, I didn't talk back to Dad. I never said, hey, I want this and get me this or I want this toy. There wasn't that, that, that didn't happen in my house. And I know probably 100% of you in this room didn't happen in your house either. Why? Because it's a different generation we're raising today, unthankful to parents. I mean, you know, in our early childhood, you think about this. Who was it that took care of you? Mom and dad. Mom and dad. Now, when they get a little bit older and they need some help, where are we at? Where are we at? We need to be, we need to be helpful. And I'm telling you, this, this, this uh, hurt me just as much as it may be speaking to your heart. Ungrateful to parents, but also ungrateful to one another. I mean, God tells us to be, uh, uh, to be good to those, especially those of the household of faith. We owe much, of the, uh, much to those who have been a blessing to us. And, and I tell you, I've said this before, but this church has been a blessing to me. And I owe you a thanks for being so good to me and my wife and my family. Uh, and I, I don't say it often enough, but... There's many in this room that have encouraged me and helped me along my walk with the Lord, and and uh, I thank you for that. But also, we're unthankful. To, we're un, unthankful to God. You know, in times of bitter need, we cry out to God, "Oh God, help me! God, help me!" But then, when things are just going smoothly, we fail to thank Him even for those times. And the Bible says, "Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits." And this morning, I'm gonna look, or this evening, I'm going to look at four or five things that I'm thankful for in my life. I'm thankful for His passion. I'm thankful for His passion. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. I'm thankful for God's love for us. If you look in, in our scriptures there, in uh, uh, the... the Luke chapter number 16, the Bible says saw that when Jesus heard their cries, I believe that when God heard their cries that he had compassion, he had a, a love that, that, that moved him to action. And I'm thankful for being one that I'm thankful for his passion, his love for me. There was, there was nothing at all in society that, 
said that the Lord had to pay attention to these men. The Lord didn't have to go to them. I mean, uh, if he just kept going his own way, then no one would have thought anything of it. But when they cried out to him, he turned them to them. And he healed them. You see, no, no one could have forced his hand, the hand of God, the, though he, he did not have, he didn't have to care, he did. Can I tell you this evening, I, I don't know about you, but God didn't have to care about you. He didn't have to care about me, but he did. But God commendeth, he demonstrated, he showed his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, hey, we weren't clean, we weren't uh, obedient to God, we, well, we were, were filthy in our sins. But God loved us anyways. God died for the ungodly. The lepers were uh, an unkept people. Their bodies stank due to the, due to the, uh, the sores and the infections and, and all the things that they had going on in their bodies. I mean, uh, they were, they were a, not a group of people that you'd want to be around. What is it that moved the Lord? I believe it's something that's called compassion. You know, I believe that we need to emulate the Lord Jesus Christ. And we see folks all the time that are in need and we need to have compassion on them. It came out of a heart full of divine love. Jesus cared so much for their the stricken men that he was moved when, he came, when they came to him. What a wonderful thing to love the passion of the Lord Jesus Christ. But number two, I want you to think not only of I'm thankful for his passion, but I want you to thankful, I'm thankful for his power. You know, it's his power that saved these men, that, that made them clean and whole. It's his power, his blood that has made us clean and whole. It's nothing that we can do. It's not in our good works. It's not in our, uh, our best attempts. It's, it's not in what we've done. It's all about what he has done. I'm thankful for it's his power, his power. These men had a very serious problem. And can I tell you, uh, leprosy was an incurable disease. In those day, the days of Christ, only the Lord could do anything with leprosy. Leprosy is a picture of sin. What happens with sin? Sin's deadly. For whosoever, uh, for the wages of sin is death. There was no medicine that would at all that could touch it. There was nothing that could cure it. When a person had this disease, they, they would die with that disease. All efforts to pro, uh, provide a cure were, it was just in vain. It was much like HIV of today. Um, I don't know a whole lot about it, but I, what I understand, there's not a cure for that. Um, sin is much the same way. I tell you, there's nothing there. You can't go to, uh, as much as I love Dr. Amos, I, I, I mean, I can't go to him and say, uh, Doc, uh, I've got a sin disease. Can you write me a prescription? I mean, I'm sure, I know this man. I'm sure he would, he would but you know what he would, his prescription would be? Jesus Christ. He's the, he's the one that can heal you. He's the one that can give you what you need. Your sin disease. He's the only one that can cure our sin disease. And that's through the blood of Jesus Christ. Not by works of righteousness which we have done. But according to his mercy he saved us. Some think trying to join a church will take care of their sin. I, I've, been in, I've talked to people and they think all i got to do is join the church and I'll be cured. 
No, that's no more possible than being part of a zoo makes you uh, an animal. I mean, it just don't happen that way. Others think that they, if they could just get baptized, and some of you probably know people like this, but if they could just get baptized, that would take away their sins. It's not going to do it. It is Christ's blood that washes away sin, not water. And I'm not a, a, a Duncan saving preacher. I'm not one of those. Blood salvation is the only kind, is the only way. Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Some try reverse, uh, to reverse the effects of sin by being a more respectful member of society. I mean, they try to do good. They try to, uh, they try to be involved in all the different clubs, and, and they think, if I could just be a good person, that'll save me. But that isn't salvation. See, there's no, there was no cure for sin until Jesus came our way. He took care of every single one of them when he died upon the cross. There's no sin left unforgiving. Calvary took care of it all. Sin can be cured, but it takes Christ's blood to take care of it. I thank God that he, provide, he provided salvation for my incurable disease of sin. I, I was lost in sin, and listen to me, but hey, there was no place for me to go. I was lost, I was condemned to hell, I was on my way to a devil's hell, but Jesus Christ intervened on my behalf and saved me. We need to thank God for His passion, but also for His power. It's only His power that saves. Can you imagine if you had an incurable disease and someone came up to you and had the cure? And they gave it to you. What would you do? You would, you would think that. You would do anything in the world for that person. You would run and, 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 and hug them and thank them and praise them and do all these things. But God, even greater than any uh, uh, disease that we have on this earth, God has saved us from a devil's hell. We owe him a great gratitude of love and, and thankfulness. You do almost anything for that person that cured you. But folks, listen to me. God has cured you from the wages of sin. That is what Jesus did for us. He cleansed us and took away the sins that so defiled us and corrupted our lives. William Cooper, uh, Cowper, I'm sorry, he wrote this uh, great hymn, There is a Fountain. Now listen to the words of this. It says, Dear dying lamb, thy precious blood shall never lose its power. Till all the ransomed church of God be saved to sin no more. We are cured and clean through what Christ has done for us. There's something to be thankful for every day of our lives. But then, not only that, but it was defiling. The person who had this disease had to wear a clothing over them, a special garment uh, over their mouth, and they had to cry out, unclean, unclean. He had to be uh, shut out of the camp and could not enjoy uh, time with others in society. Can you, mean, can you believe that, the shunning that they had? There was a time, the, there was the time we, have shut out, we were shut out of society as well, the society of heaven. Now that we are saved, our citizenship isn't here, but we are only ambassadors here, the Bible says. 
Our home is in heaven. We have a right to enter into prayer now. And we all have a right of way to pass through uh, the gates into heaven when we die. I, listen, I, I'm thankful for what God has provided for us. The Bible says that in heaven nothing can enter that defiles. And listen, when we have the blood applied to our lives, we are no longer condemned. We're no longer unclean. Jesus simply took care of it all when he saved us. These men in Luke's gospel simply did what Jesus said, and as they were on their way to the priest's house, they were healed. Obedience. I'm thankful for his passion. I'm thankful for his power. But I'm also thankful, thirdly, for his participation. Romans 8, 17 says, And if, uh, if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and join heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Why did Jesus say what he did about the nine coming back to him? Or not coming back? It was not just a conversation piece there. He wanted, God desired for them to come back. He, he could have talked about the weather. He could have talked about events going on in Galilee. But no, he talked about those being unthankful. What did Jesus long for? He longed for fellowship and participation with us and communion with us. You know, that's what he desires today. I don't understand people that can walk through life and not commune with the Lord. A Christian, I don't know how we do that. How can you go and not read your Bible and pray to the God that loves you and has died for you and gave himself for you? For all the men to come back and fellowship with him, well, that's what he wanted. You know what God wants from us today? You know what he wants? He wants us to commune with him on a daily basis and say, thank you, God, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. That's what God wants from us. Are you amazed that Christ would want to fellowship with you? It, does, it amazes me. I mean, I, when I think about the God that created everything that's ever been created, wants to commune with me, fellowship with me. See, he wants us to spend time at his feet. Like this one leper that came back and fell at his feet and praised him and thanked him for what he had done. That's what God wants out of us. Who would think that, the king, that a king would want a beggar to come and praise him and to be at his feet? Hebrews 4.16 4, says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to, to help in time of need. We need to come with confidence that God wants us to commune with Him. He wants us to be with Him. You know, you like to hear from your loved ones. I, I, I look forward to it every day about 4, between 4 and 4.30 every day. My wife calls me and she says, hey, I'm on my way home. And just that, that I mean, I'm just excited whenever I just hear from her for just those few moments I'm glad to hear from her. You know, I believe God is pleased when he hears from us. When we commune with him, he wants to hear. 
what's going on. He knows. Yes, I understand, folks. I understand God knows exactly. Nothing catches him by surprise. But I believe that God wants us to talk to him like we talk to our best friend. He wants to commune with us. And he wants to fellowship with us. He wants to partner with us. I'm thankful for his passion, for his power, his participation. But also I'm thankful for his perfection. The lepers looked different. Can I tell you, when, I'm not all what I should be, but I'm surely not what I was. And one day, it's called progressive sanctification. One day, I'm going to be all that I should be for the cause of Christ. When I get to heaven, it won't be here in this flesh. Because we, fle- we wrestle against flesh and blood, or against flesh. But uh, let me tell you, one day there's going to be a great perfecting day. When we get called home, when, we get, when the Lord calls us home, there's, we're going to be perfect. No more sin, no more sorrow. See, I thought about this, and the lepers, they look different. They no longer were repulsive. I believe instantly. You say, you believe, Pastor, you, all, you believe that these lepers that had sores all up and down their arms and up and down their legs, and I mean, some of them probably had limbs fall off. I tell you, uh, you believe that they were healed? I believe 100% that they were healed. Now, I may go a little bit a step further than what you do, but maybe they had fingers that were, because that's what happened to leprosy. They would start losing uh, their their fingers and losing their toes and their legs and I mean I mean they, they would start losing I believe I could be wrong but I believe God made them whole God completely cured them you say God, can God do that of course He can they smelled different no more festering sores on them they walked different because they were healthy. They talk differently. They no longer had to cry, unclean, unclean. Can you just put yourself in these, uh, these lepers' shoes, if you will? I mean, you think that for years they had to cry out unclean, but now maybe they, maybe they were, had in the back of their mind they had to say it when they saw someone, but God reminded them, hey, you're clean now. I've made you whole. What a change in my life that God hath wrought. Not all we, I'm, like I said, I'm not all what I should be, but I, there's coming a day I'll be all that I should be. I talked to a man the other day that had a burden for his family and his friends. He said he wanted to be a positive influence and win his family and friends to the Lord. I told him that family and friends are the hardest ones to win. He said, well, it shouldn't be that way. He said, they've seen the change of God, that God has been put in my life. Tell you what, that put me under conviction. Why? Because I want people to see the change that God has in my life. Those that are closest to you see the true you. They see who you are. The change. This man, he told me, he said, I was a whoremonger. I was a bartender. I I fooled around with dope and alcohol and drugs. And He said, but God changed my life. I'm not what I used to be. And I tell you what, that's a powerful testimony. Powerful testimony of what God has done in their life. But number one, I'm thankful for His passion. I'm thankful for His power, His participation, His perfection. But the final thing, just real quickly, I'm thankful for His people. 
Galatians 6.10 again says, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Those men before they met Jesus did not know how to really enjoy one another's company. They were in so much misery. They, uh, they, they didn't know how to communicate with each other. But can I tell you, when God saved me, I have a family here. And we're to be love one another. We're to, when one hurts, we all hurt. When one laughs, we all laugh. We're a church. We're in unity. We're a body of believers together. I thank God for the saints. I thank God for this church, the people here. They, they encourage me. They help mature me. They, they help point us to God. They, they remind us of a better country coming. You know what? I, I can tell you this. I know that we get discouraged. We get discouraged. We get downhearted. We, you know, we have bad days. But you know what? I have my brothers and sisters in Christ that always, it seems like just when I need it, God put someone in my life that says, hey, I'm praying for you today. Sends me a card. Or, and I know it's not just me that this happens to. We've got a good church that people, I mean, uh, people send cards to each other and say, hey, just want you to know I'm thinking of you. I'm praying for you. And I tell you what, I'm thankful for the God's people. In conclusion, whatever you do, don't, don't forget to be thankful every day. Be thankful every day. Thankful for His passion, His power, His participation, His perfection, but also for His people. There's many, many more things we could be thankful for. I just wanted to point out five of them to you tonight. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I can say tonight that I'm thankful. The most... the. the the biggest thing that I'm thankful for, of course, is my salvation. If it wasn't for the Lord intervening on my behalf, I would be on my way to a devil's hell. I'm thankful tonight that God has saved me. And I'm thankful for His calling in my life. Thankful for my, my wife and my children and my church and my family and God's been so good to me. I want you to take this opportunity and just think about how, God, how good God has been. You may be going through a difficult time right now. Health, finances, emotions. I don't know what you're going through, but I can tell you this. God is still God and He's still good. You're here tonight and you say, Pastor, I don't know for sure if I was to die today. I don't know for sure that I'd go to heaven. Would you pray for me? Anyone like that? Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I'm saved, but I haven't been experiencing the joy of my salvation. I haven't been rejoicing in the things of God. I, there's been things that it's, it's sin most of the time. Sometimes it's, it's just uh, being uh, discouraged. Pastor, I need, I need your prayers. Pray for me. Anyone like that? Pray for me, Pastor. Anyone? I'm going to give you an opportunity to come and find a place at the altar. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, I ask that you would just intervene on our behalf tonight. Lord, speak to our hearts. If there's one here that, uh, Lord, is discouraged or downtrodden, Lord, I pray that you would, uh, Lord, that you're, uh, you would just lift them up. And, Lord, that you'd wrap your arms around them. 
Lord, I pray that you do a great and mighty work tonight that only you can get the praise and the glory for. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Brother Adam's going to begin playing. God spoke to your heart. I'm going to encourage you to find a place at the altar tonight. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. That's the song tonight. For making me whole. attitude of prayer. I want you to remember these things. Continue to pray for Miss Judith. Miss Judith I would ask that you continue to pray for her. I know Brother Adam and Miss Evelyn have an unspoken. Pray for that. Pray for our church this weekend. We'll be having uh, Lord's Supper and praying that the Lord will work in our midst. This upcoming weekend, pray for souls to be saved. Pray that our church grows in number and most importantly in spirit. Maybe someone else have a prayer request tonight. All right. Yes, Brother Greg. Pray for the Workman family. This is Brother Greg's cousin. Uh, she passed away due to cancer. And so I would ask that you would remember the Workman family. Continue to pray for uh, his niece as well. She um, needs lots of prayers. I would ask that you pray for her. It's Emily, right? Emily. Pray for Brother Greg's brother, David. All right, anybody else? Yes, Jennifer. Gary Parker. All right, anybody else? Yes, Brother Greg. Well, praise the Lord that uh, my mom's getting better and better all the time. Amen. Miss Myra is doing much better. We praise the Lord for that. Anybody else? All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, again, thank you for this opportunity that we can lift our petitions up to you. And Lord, I ask that tonight that you would uh, hear those according to your will. And Lord, that we would be acceptant of your will. Lord, we ask for Miss Judith as she's uh, going through a very difficult stage right now. Lord, I pray that you would just give her peace and comfort. Be with the family, Brother Sean and Stu and Miss Kimberly and the boys. And Lord, I pray that you just strengthen them. Lord, I ask that you be with Brother Adam and Miss Evelyn in this uh, uh, prayer request, a, a silent request. Lord, I pray that you would meet the needs as only you can. Lord, I ask that you'd be with our church to help us to grow in spirit, uh, most importantly, but also we ask that you help us to grow in number. Lord, we ask that you be with uh, uh, 
uh, Brother Greg's uh, cousin, their family, the Workman family, as they're in this time of bereavement. Lord, only you can uh, comfort hearts and give peace and that pass us all understanding. Lord, we ask that you would uh, intervene on their behalf. Lord, also for Emily uh, and David. Uh, Lord, I pray that you be with them as they uh, need salvation and uh, just need to work uh, uh, in their life. Lord, I ask that you would uh, be with uh, Gary Parker as he's uh, recovering from this kidney transplant. Lord, I pray that uh, you would allow Jennifer to be a lighthouse to them and to be a blessing to them. Also, we praise your holy name for Miss Myra and how she's getting around better and doing much better. Lord, we know that you're the great physician and we give you all the praise and the glory. Lord, we do ask that you would just be with us tonight. Thank you again for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let me give you just a couple announcements. We're not going to take up a formal uh, offering tonight, but if you have an offering, you can uh, just drop it in the plate. Um, but I want to remind you that uh, this coming sa Sunday, uh, we'll be having the Lord's Supper in the AM service. Um, then we'll have a, um, a pitch-in after, so a um, pitch-in for lunch, and then a short afternoon service, no p.m. service this coming Sunday, okay? Uh, fifth Sundays, that's what we do, and so I want you to spend time with family and things such as that. But be here Sunday morning, and then we'll have a pitch-in dinner, um, uh, and then after that, a short afternoon service. And then August the 5th, we're going to have a church fellowship here at the, uh, from 5 to 8 o'clock, um, depending on weather, what we're going to do. But if it's a nice day, uh, we're going to play some activities outside and uh, just have some time of fellowship. And if you'd like to bring a covered dish, and uh, that'd be great. All right, I think that's all the announcements that I have. We'll all stand and we'll close in a word of prayer. I'm going to ask Brother Greg, sir, would you close us? Family, the Lord's will travel home, keep us out of any accidents or the cause of any praying. 